Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. On a plan of salvation, there's a person of salvation. And with that same idea that God just doesn't give us a song, He is our song. And that we understood that God was a musical being. And we explored that in Scripture last week. And we took time to explore the who of Scripture. Now, as we're still introducing this, this is still an introductory message. We'll get into the nuts and bolts and the meat and the how and the why in subsequent messages on Sunday nights. But still as an introduction, we want to cover a little bit more about what God has done with music. Why is music so important? We're going to study the why tonight. Just again, just a couple cursory thoughts. But we want to understand how important music really is and why it's worth studying. We know it's important because of the who of music. That the Lord is my strength, He is my song. Now we want to study the why of music. Why is music so important? And again, just a quick idea of some of the benefits of music, which is what we're going to hit tonight. If you don't mind, let's start with a text. The book of Ephesians, chapter number 5. The book of Ephesians, chapter number 5, and let's begin at verse number 17. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and verse number 17, the Bible says this, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And with this, we want to hit this idea here of the benefits of of music, the benefits of biblical music. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. Thank you for the great privilege it is to be in your house tonight to open up your word and to learn more about this creation you have given us of music and how important music is to you and the benefits that it has towards us. We're asking that you would just help direct our thoughts, that you would help us to be connected to the Bible, and that you would allow this as an introductory message to be an encouragement to all the folks that hear. More importantly, we're asking that you would glorify your own name through your precious word. Again, I recognize my own shortcomings, my own failings, and know that I am not enough. And as we just read in here, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit, so the best I know how, I surrender myself now and ask that you fill me with your precious Spirit for the purpose that you would get your own work accomplished tonight through your precious word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, because I'm introducing this subject, we're going to hit some of these things and we're going to explore them in more detail. But if you don't mind, as we're looking at the book of Ephesians chapter 5, I want you to take note of a certain word in the book of Ephesians chapter uh, 5 and verse number 19. It says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart 
to the Lord. Now again, as we're doing an introduction, we're going to take what I'm fixing to teach you and we're going to expound it in some messages upcoming. But in case you didn't know, there are actually three parts to music. And any person who wants to study music needs to know these three parts of music. Then in the music, we have melody, which is what I had you put your emphasis here. Melody is the main tune. It carries the truth of music. So melody, it's the main tune. It carries the truth of music. In addition, there is another part of music that is called harmony. Harmony is the background. It carries the emotion of the music. And it's necessary for music to be true music. It has three parts. It has the melody that carries the truth, the main line of the music. You have the harmony, which is the accompaniment, the background, and it carries the emotion of the music. There's another part to music, and that is the rhythm. This is the beat, and beat is necessary. It helps move it forward. And so music has three, these three parts. It has melody, it has harmony, and it also has rhythm, the three parts to music. Well, it's interesting to note that we as human beings were created in three parts. In the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, it says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this passage here, it identifies that we are made up of three parts. What are these three parts that man is made up of? Well, first of all, we're made up of spirit. If you can imagine to draw a circle, and inside of the circle, you would have another circle and another circle, so you would have three rings to it. And in the very center, you would have the word spirit. Now, what is the spirit? The spirit is the candle of the Lord. That's how the Bible describes it. Now, if I have a candle and it's not lit, is it still a candle? And if I light the candle, is it still a candle? Absolutely. Every person is made with a spirit. The deal is, is that once you light the, uh, get saved, the candle is lit. And so the Holy Spirit comes to live with inside of it. But every person is created with spirit. In addition, we are created not only with spirit, but we are created with soul. And in our soul, we have three parts. Our soul is made up of three parts. Our soul is made up of will. It is made up of intellect. And it is made up of emotion. And so inside of our soul, the person of who we are, we have will, intellect, and emotion. With our will, we make decisions. With our intellect, we think. And with our emotions, we feel. Now, sometimes you can make decisions based off of your intellect. And sometimes you can make decisions based off of your emotions. But your soul is made up of these three parts. Um, will, intellect, and emotion. So we as human, we're made up of three parts. We have spirit, we have soul, and we are also made up of body. And of our body, we have our five senses. Taste, touch, hear, smell, <clears throat> all of those things. We have our five senses. Now with these senses, with these parts of the body, it allows us to communicate with the world around us. With our body, we are world conscious, meaning that your understanding of the world around you from what you see, what you touch, what you smell, what you hear, what you taste, that's how we understand our world around us. With our soul, we are self 
conscience. We understand who we are. This is what we feel. And with our spirit, we are God conscience. It's how we know there's a God because of the candle of the Lord. You say, why are you going through this? Because it is interesting to note that the parts of music correspond to the parts of the body. What do I mean by that? Well, we're made up of three parts and music is made up of three parts. However, in music, where you place the emphasis on the part of music actually feeds that corresponding part of the body. For example, as I just said, part of music where emphasis is placed is where it corresponds to the body. For example, the melody, if the emphasis placed on the melody, which carries the truth of music, it feeds the spirit. It feeds the spirit. If the emphasis is placed on the harmony, the style, the background, the emotion of the music, it bypasses the intellect and goes to the emotion. That's why you could listen to a music that places the emphasis on the emotion of the music and you can have an emotional response. And then, of course, if you place the emphasis on the rhythm, it feeds the flesh. (coughs) So wherever you place the emphasis in music is where the emphasis is going to feed inside of your body. Now, this is just introduction. We're going to dive into this more detail later. However, understanding as a teacher that you have to introduce it and bring the subject up a couple times to make sure people grab it. So I don't want to catch you off guard. I want you to have a little bit of a working knowledge as we're still introducing this subject. As we now come to the main thrust of what we're hitting today, we know that music has benefits. And the first thing we want to understand is that music benefits us. According to the Bible, that there are benefits for us that God has created inside of music. Let's explore this. Well, how does music benefit us? Well, we understand that God had helped, God, God had created biblical music to help us focus on what is true. And we understand that truth can only be expressed in words. Now, if you've never written that statement down before, may I encourage you to write that down? Truth can only be expressed in words. That is very key. Now, we understand that music can carry a message, but truth can only be expressed in words. Therefore, the words of any music or medium or message or speech must be examined. Truth can only be expressed in words. With that in mind, we have the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 brings this up. What then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Now, in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is addressing the church of Corinth and their misuse of the sign gifts. And he is saying, there is no use if somebody comes in and speaks in a foreign language and with there no interpreter, and if nobody understands it, it does you no good. You have to be able to understand why truth can only be expressed in words. And with those words, there has to be an understanding of those words. We could have one of our missionaries come and speak in the language that they're working in. Let's say that someone comes in and speaks Russian. Now, it may be a delight to hear someone speak in a foreign language, but it doesn't do anything for you if you don't understand what they're being said. The same thing is true about music, that 
as Paul is addressing this, he happens to weave in music with the teaching of using the sign gifts or their misuse of the sign gifts. And he places the emphasis that if you don't understand what is being said, then it's not going to do you a lot of good. It's not going to be a benefit to you because truth can only be expressed in, in words. Now, listen, most of us have a secular background where we've heard other music than hymns, right? Let's test it. If you've ever heard any other song other than hymn, raise your hand, okay? That's all of us. So we understand that we have a background and almost all of us have an experience where we listen to a song and it made us feel something and you said, I like that song. Well, what does it say? I don't know. Have you ever thought about some of those songs that you liked and realized I didn't actually hear the words that was said? I was just going how that song made me feel. Well, we understand this is part of it, that truth can only be expressed in words. Now, why is this important? Because God wants us to understand things that are true. He wants us to be able to understand what we're singing and learn from them. May I give an example? Music is a wonderful way to teach someone else. And we'll get into that in just a second. I remember in a church that I pastored in Tennessee that we had a, a gentleman who had been saved for a while but had never really been discipled. And when he started coming to the church, he started being faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And he had never really experienced the hymns before. He just had observed everybody kind of singing and, well, this is nice. But then he started actually reading the words as we were singing it. Not just singing the song, but paying attention to what he was singing. And he would just look and a smile on his face. Then what would happen is he would take the hymn book and meet me on the very back. And as everybody's shaking hands, he would go and said, preacher, guess what I learned today? I learned this about Jesus. I had never realized that before. What got him to that place? Was it the emotion of the music? It was him actually paying attention to the words and the truth of the music. And it was a way for him to learn more about who God was through the truth of the words of music. Truth can only be expressed in words and biblical music must have an understanding of the words that are being sung in order for it to be a benefit to others for the truth. As we go on, we understand that music benefits us by focusing on what is true. Therefore, songs must line up with Scripture. They must be compared with Scripture. If they're teaching the things that are true, the Bible says, thy word is truth. Music must line up with the truth of God's word. Now with this, we understand another benefit of music is that music, godly music, <coughs> helps remind us of the goodness of God. Godly music, biblical music, helps remind us of the goodness of God. In the book of Isaiah chapter 12, it says this in verse 15, Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Notice this, sing unto the Lord. And as we've been teaching our church folks, when you see that word for, often you could ask the question why. It says, sing unto the Lord. Why? For he hath done excellent things. One of the benefits to music is for us to sing. 
is to be able to tell others about what God has done. He has done excellent things. And he is worthy of worship. He's worthy of song. He's worthy of people to know what he has done. And we could get that accomplished through godly music. Through biblical music. As we go on, we're understanding, first of all, how music benefits us. It helps remind us of things that are true. It helps us to be able to explain all the good things that God has done. Because of this, we are to sing of God's goodness. We are to sing of God's goodness. Something else is that godly music gives us a way to express thankfulness unto God. Godly music gives us a way to express thankfulness unto God. Now the Bible says that we're supposed to be thankful for everything. And God also knows how we as humans can get pretty boring. For example, if you were to thank <coughs> your spouse for everything they've done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing I mean, it's all right for the first time, but then it's just words that are being repeated over and over and over. And the sentiments appreciate it. But what music does is it allows us to express things in a different medium than just the voice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Notice what it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. It says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. That biblical music is part of the fruit of our lips. That through our lips we're able to say thank you to God. And we're able to do it in a different medium. Through song. And we can use different songs in a different way. To express our gratitude and our thanks to God in worship to him. And by the way, aren't you glad for that? Again, I don't know how <laughs> you are made up. But I can get bored pretty easy with the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. And if you don't believe me, where's my daughter? She's the same way as I am. But for this, it allows us to mix it up a little bit and still express thanks to God. And with the fruit of our lips to thank him for what he has done. Now this is a benefit for us. God has given us another way to be able to express thankfulness, which we should be doing continually. And I'm thankful for that benefit. We understand that also godly music is a guide for proper living. Godly music is a guide for proper living. Now throughout the scripture it talks about how we should live. Music's a way to remind us. But there's also about while we're singing music that makes us think about God that helps us out. For example in the book of Exodus chapter 15 and verse 1. It, they just crossed the Red Sea. They have watched God open it up and deliver them from Egypt. And as the Red Sea closes upon Pharaoh's army, the people gather on the other side and they begin to sing a song. And Exodus chapter 15 verse 1 it says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength 
and my song. And he is become my salvation. He is my God. And I will prepare him an habitation. My father's God. And I will exalt him. And the song goes on. Now one of the interesting things to note in its context. Is that at this time the people are right with God. And they're singing. And they're singing praises. And they're thankful for what God has done. But then the chapter ends. And it goes on. And one of the things that we understand with this principle, it is very hard to sin while singing Christian music. For example, if I'm singing the song Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, and I'm not just humming it absentmindedly, but I'm actually singing the song of Amazing Grace, and I'm thinking about the words, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, That Saved a Wrench Like Me. Could you imagine singing that song and thinking about the words while you're watching pornography? That's almost impossible to do. That while you're singing, it helps you not to sin as you're thinking about God and whom he is. For example, in this chapter, the children of Israel are singing God's praises. However, in the next chapter, they stop singing and they begin complaining. And we could see that transition takes no time at all. While they're singing, they're not complaining. When they stop singing, they start complaining. And by the way, complaining and gossiping was the thing that drove God, excuse my vernacular, nuts all throughout that wilderness wanderings. Over and over, dealing with those complaining people. They were ungrateful, unthankful. But at this time when they were singing, they were not complaining. We could also see many scriptures that kind of line up with this. But it is a thought to think that while you're singing and you're thinking about the words and you're thinking about God, it is very hard to go into purposeful sin. It is very hard to complain while you're also telling God about how great he is. Now we talked about music and how it benefits us. Again, we're still introduction. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of it and other messages. But we're just talking about the why now. We talked about who last week. That God is the reason we sing. He's the one that provided music. He is musical and he has created us to be musical. This week we're covering the why. Why is music so important? Well, first of all, it benefits us. And there's many benefits that music has for us. But did you know that when we sing, it also benefits others around us? Music benefits others. For example, it is a way to tell a testimony. It's a way to tell a testimony. It's why we love those testimonial songs like Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. If you're not familiar with that song, it's from <clears throat> a person who was once a slave trader. Actually, he had been kidnapped and made a slave himself, worked his way up to be a slave ship captain. And he becomes such a vile and awful man that his own crew hated him. There was a time that he fell overboard. And instead of singing a life raft and instead of singing a swimmer, they took the harpoon gun and, or the harpoon and threw it in, stabbed him in the leg and pulled him up back on the ship by his leg. He walked with a lip for the rest of his life. But he also had a mother who had been praying for him. And there was a time in his life where he came to know Christ as a savior. And his whole life changed. And even though he walked around with a limp to remind him of his past life, he was so thankful and he's the one who wrote the song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, That Saved a Wrench Like Me. Amazing enough, that song 
influenced a young politician by the name of Wilbur Wilberforce, who was used as the guiding force inside of British Parliament to outlaw slavery throughout the British Empire. And it was because of the song and the testimony of John Newton that we understand that Biblical music is a way to give a testimony to someone else about what God has done for us. As we had spoke about in Sunday school, that the great, one of the greatest evidences that biblical Christianity is true, one of the greatest evidences that what we say about the Bible is true, is the evidence of a changed life. And to be able to express to someone else what my life was like and what it's like now because of Christ is a great benefit. The book of Romans chapter 15 speaks about this same idea. Romans 15 and verse 9 it says that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles. Notice this and sing unto thy name. The Apostle Paul, as he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the people of Rome, he is telling them, you want to know a way to tell the Gentiles about how great God is? Sing your testimony. Tell them what God has done so that the Gentiles themselves may receive that same gift that you have. And that God's willing to save them. He's willing to save anyone. The only qualification is that you have to be a sinner. And if you're a sinner, God is willing to save you. What a wonderful God that we have. Now something else that's a benefit to others is that it's a challenge to others to keep looking to God. It's a challenge to others to keep looking to God. Of course we've got many songs like this. Whether it's the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Horatio Spafford was <clears throat> someone who was used to help in uh, the Chicagoland area in the late 1800s. And with a great Chicago fire swept through, he had lost his business. And as they were rebuilding it, he figured that he was going to take him and his family to England and do some business and take a vacation and get away. And just as they were getting ready to board the ship, one of his business associates came up and said, you've got something to take care of. So he sent his wife and his two daughters on the ship ahead of him. As the ship sailed away, Horatio Spafford went and tried to take care of the business and he received a telegraph not too long afterwards from his wife with these words, saved alone. That during the journey to England, the ship that had Horatio Spafford's wife and his two daughters sank into the Atlantic. Immediately he booked passage on the next ship and went to go be with his grieving wife who was a continent away. And as they were sailing, the captain of the ship pulled him aside and said, As far as we can tell, this location that we're currently on is where the boat sank and your, your daughters perished. He thought about this for a while and then went back into his cabin. And while he was in his cabin, he was thinking about God and how great he was. And it was there that he penned the song, It is well. It is well. With my soul. Here's a man who just lost his daughters. By the way he's not happy that he lost his daughters. But he could trust God. And he could have a peace in his heart. And he could tell others that no matter what has happened. It is well. It is well. With my soul. That we understand that biblical music. Could be a challenge to others. Who are going through hard times. To keep them looking at God. Here's an example. The book of Psalm 69. Psalm 69, written by David in verse number 30. I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now, taking that verse outside of its context, you say, well, that just sounds like a great verse. 
But when you understand the context of what David is going through, this is a big deal that he could say, guess what? I can still sing. What is David going through right now? Well, he's going through hard times. He's going through some of the most lowest parts in his time where everything is falling apart. And yet, in his lowest point, he could say, I could still sing. I can still sing. You understand? We as Christians, people are watching us. And they're trying to see how we respond during hard times. Now, the world usually responds horribly and terribly. But when a Christian who has his eyes upon the Lord is able to go through hard times and still say, God is still good and God is still right, people take notice their God is real to them. There's something to what they believe. And music is a way for us to still express, even in our lowest points, God is still good and God is still right. And I can trust him. Music can also, as a benefit to others, can be used as a word of instruction. Music can be used as a word of instruction. In the book of Colossians, chapter 3 and verse 16, which is a companion passage to the Ephesian uh, passage we read earlier, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Notice this. It ties in the words of Christ dwelling in us richly and that we're able to take the words of Christ and we're able to teach them and admonish them. How? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Do you know music is a great way to teach others? One of the reasons why we stick with the old-fashioned hymns is because they teach Bible doctrine. Remember I explained about that gentleman who would meet me outside the door with a hymn book in his hand and said, guess what I learned today? And it was through the song service and singing these hymns, he learned powerful truths like redemption. He learned powerful truths about Christ's resurrection. He learned powerful truths about what Jesus did for him and that Jesus still cares for him. And he learned that, may I say, that he specifically learned more through the song service than what he did through the preaching service. Because music is a great way to give instruction. Another historical example would be Martin Luther, one of the great reformers. And as he broke away from the Catholic Church, and he began to teach people about Scripture himself, that he found that one of the greatest ways to teach the common folks Scripture was to teach them songs. Many of them couldn't read, so how were they going to learn Scripture? Well, he taught them songs. And the people would sing them out in the fields. And the Catholic churches, they're trying to get rid of the Protestant Reformation, had to report back to the Pope that we cannot destroy Lutheran's doctrine because we cannot stop his music. And this is one of the ways that the Protestant Reformation had spread during that time was because... Martin Luther was a hymnist and really dedicated himself to writing hymns to teach people Bible doctrine. And even today, it is an effective way to teach people scripture. This is why we encourage all of our Sunday school teachers and our nursery workers, if you have a little child who's in the nursery, you know what you're doing? You're teaching them songs. What? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know what we're trying to do? We're teaching them doctrine. We want this song in their head so no matter what happens, they say, Jesus loves me. This I know. It's not a cute song that we're singing because it has a good tone. We're teaching them Bible doctrine. 
even at a young age. And we're trying to teach them that Jesus loves them. You see, music is a great way to teach people the Word of God. This is why I even love taking the, hit, the Bible itself and singing the Psalms, singing the words of Scripture, the very words of Scripture, so that way we could teach and learn them. Now, we talked about that music has benefits to us. We also explained that music has benefits to others as we sing them. But did you know that music also has benefits to the Lord? That when we sing, it actually benefits God when we sing. May I show you some things? The book of Psalm 100. Psalm 100 verses 1 and 2. It says this. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now as we go through this psalm, let me highlight a couple things. First of all, it says make a joyful noise. You know what that means? Sing loudly. Anyone can sing loudly. You say, but I'm not the best singer. That's not the qualification. Sing loudly. But you don't understand how horrible I am. Well, listen to all those people that have to listen to me on the internet that can't hear you. They have to be stuck with me. You understand the qualifications to sing loudly. Loudly. Make a joyful noise. Now we understand we can work on the skill and always try to become better. But God says sing loudly. Now notice as he goes on with this. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Notice this. Come before his presence with singing. May I also tell you here this is not a suggestion. This is a commandment. One of the greatest things I'm thankful for my pastor to teach me is to enter into my prayer closet with my hymn book and to start preparing my own heart with song, coming into his presence, singing to him. Now, there's something when you're in a prayer closet and you're talking to him, if you start off by singing to him, not singing to yourself, but singing to him. It really can jumpstart that prayer time with him. Your heart's prepared and you're ready to talk with him. You're already in a, in a, in a mood to start praising him and dealing and working with him. And God actually commands, I want you to come into my presence with singing. Which, by the way, is one of the reasons why we have in a church service a song service. It's not a cute way to waste time and to get everyone involved and allow all those people who are going to be late to finally find their spot. It's actually a time to prepare our own selves to go into his presence with singing. What a wonderful thing. As we hit the book of Psalm 96 and verse 2, we see this. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Notice this. Show forth his salvation from day to day. According to this verse, how do we show forth the salvation he has given to us day by day? The salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ? By singing. Through singing, we are able to show forth his salvation day to day. Meaning this is a way for us to say, I'm so thankful I'm saved. I'm so thankful what you've done for me. I'm telling you, God, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me this great salvation so rich and free. Oh, to be able to sing every day and tell God what a great God he is. Now, again, 
This was just an introduction. All this is doing is putting an emphasis that you should sing. Every now and again, I'll have somebody who will give me an excuse of why they can't sing. Well, I don't sound good. Well, I don't do that thing. Well, I'm not excitable. Well, you understand, you're excited about something. It could be where some packer decides to actually make a touchdown. And you get excited. You're excited about something. It could be about deer season. I got that buck. You see how you're something you are excited about. It could be that you just beat some kid at tiddlywinks. And it's the greatest day you've ever had. But you get excited about something. You should be excited about the things of the Lord. You should have no problems to sing. Especially we understand that God likes to hear us sing. I know it's impossible. And I realize that most people may not like to hear me sing. But he does. And I'm thankful that he does. I'm thankful that this is a way for me to sing. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what skill ability you have. Make a joyful noise. Sing unto the Lord. Look to Him. This is a way for us. And it has benefits for us. It has benefits to others. And it also has benefits to the Lord. You understand, even in a church service, there is the idea of the Polar Bear Baptist Church. All right, congregation, take your songs and let's sing. And instead of hearing words, you hear... And what you have is some people that are not ready to receive the Lord. But let's say that you have visitors. And they come in. And they're observing you and your relationship to your God. As they're watching the Icicle Baptist Church kind of frostily sing the song. And watching the cold air come out of their mouth. They look around and say, do they think their God is real? And if they don't think their God is real, why should I listen about their God? But when you have someone that comes in, and we may not have the greatest choir, but we have an enthusiastic choir. Because we realize we're singing to Him, and He has done so much for us. And we sing out. Some people say, you know what? They actually think something about their God. There's some passion inside of them. There's something that's real to them. And it allows the people to say, you know, there's something to this. I think I'm going to give this a listen. I think I'm going to give this a try. You understand, for us, this is an important idea that we do sing. And that we do our best. And that we try. Because we understand it has benefits to us. It has benefits to others. But more importantly... It's to Him. It's to Him. And let me tell you and give you this. Our passion, our enthusiasm, our strength of singing is a correlation with how real God is to us. There's something to it. And so what I'm trying to encourage you is I'm encouraging you to sing. I want you to get rid of your excuses and sing. Sing to God because He's real. Because He's real. To be able to have the fruit of our lips go forward. Again, we're going to get to the nuts and bolts. This is an introduction. Last week we talked about the who. The Lord is my strength and is my song. Today we talked about the why. Why? There are benefits. And there are many benefits. 
Starting in the next couple weeks, we'll get into the nuts and bolts by talking about the who, the how, how it works, what happens. In fact, next week, we're going to talk about the nature of music in worship, how music is tied into worship, and we're going to define our terms and see the verbs of worship, see the nouns dealing with worship, and see how they tie into song. And we're going to get more into the nuts and bolts. We're going to take the time. It's going to be a little bit longer. But right now, we're trying to give you the emphasis, you should sing. And it's important for you to sing. And maybe there's some of you out there that says, I don't know about this preacher. What I want you to do is put me to the test and try. You might actually like it. But more importantly, it's for the Lord. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you. Thank you.